Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. I'm looking at this particular story in the paper. The Sinn Féin councillor Louise Dunn, who represents the Tala area and who also works as an addiction specialist, told the journal that i.e. that there is a serious problem across Dublin with both drug use and dealing and uh, that the current war on drugs is just not working. She explained that children as young as nine are getting caught up in the drug trade and being groomed as future dealers. She said young people see it as a way out of poverty. And I have seen children as young as nine, ten and eleven become involved. She goes on to say, by the way, they see the flash cars and the nice clothes and then you have families struggling to make ends meet uh, and they see dealing as a way out of that. She said we need to decriminalise drugs in this country and make it a medical issue. If you look up a, de- a drug dealer's uh, drug dealer, there's another one always, or if you lock up a drug dealer, should I say, there's another one always waiting to come up behind them. There are 14 and 15 year olds who are out there dealing and they know they won't get into much trouble. They'll probably get a JLOs or a juvenile liaison officer and then they'll go on dealing or continue to do what they're doing before. So, I want to know today what should be done to tackle the drug dealing problem with teenagers. Would you be in support of, say, reducing welfare payments for parents? I mean, Jim O'Callaghan clearly said that the parents are failing them if they're that young. Now, if they're 17 or 18 years of age, it's very difficult to control a 17-year-old. I get that. And some good parents have had some bad 17-year-olds. But if your kid is under the age of, say, 15 years of age and they're dealing in drugs... You're failing them as a parent. You're their guardian. You're the responsibility. I don't know how a 10-year-old can be dealing in drugs or muling drugs. In other words, some clown says, here's a package, bring that over to number 47. I don't know how that's happening. Because as a parent, if you don't know where your 10-year-old is, you've got a serious problem. And if you don't know your 10-year-old is up to something like that, you've got, you're a really bad parent. I don't care what you say. You're a brutal parent. I know we don't get a book with a child on how to raise them, but that's common sense. That once a child hasn't got the ability to think logically and straight and be mature of mind, you don't let them out of your sight. That's the way it is, isn't it? Look, there are many factors that feed into kids getting involved in drug gangs, apart from the parental upbringing, notably social and environmental conditions, access to education, generational poverty, of course, and peer pressure as well. They see the older kids doing it, They're going around in the Nike runners, the nice jackets, you know, their fancy cars by the time they're 18 years of age. They have money to beat the band. And these little kids are 10 years of age. They go, I want to be like him someday. And this is the only way they feel they're going to do it because they're in a poverty trap. But should parents have their welfare reduced or money taken from their wages or fines if their children are involved in drug dealing? Now, let me clear. Drugs happen all over the country. Every town, every city, every housing estate, there is drugs. But it's done in different ways. When you go to certain areas of the country and certain parts of Dublin, they spoke about Ballymun, where you see young nine and ten year olds or Tala, uh, you know, having drugs. I mean, the problem is it's obviously it happens a lot more. And that's just we have to face the facts. Generally speaking, you're not going to see nine and ten year olds muting drugs in Kalini. You're not going to see them doing it in Malahide. But you may see it in Mayfield. You may see it in Ballymun. You may see it in Ballyfermot or in Talla. Because it comes down to unemployment and poverty, doesn't it? And kids wanting something. And I understand the need for a child to want to be like everybody else and to want to get out of a poverty trap and to want to have money. But maybe a parent is there to guide them and say to them, well, look, you don't have the money to buy a fancy car. This is the way we live. 
And that's sad, but that's just a fact of life. So the number's 087-188-008. But should parents, say if the kid is under the age of, we'll say 16, not 18, too hard to control a child over 16, between 16 and 18. But under the age of 16, do you believe that parents should be fined? And if they don't pay the fine, have the money taken from their either wages or their welfare? Do you believe they should be fined if their children are involved in any kind of criminal activity, including drugs? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. WhatsApp or text now. Uh, let me go to Martin. Martin, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Martin? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. Now, Martin, in relation to young children and criminal activity, particularly drugs we're focusing on today, I mean, how do you tackle that without fining the parents? I think the, the only way, is, you know, is to just uh, take away the kids from the parents. Obviously, if you can take, if the child of age of nine or ten is dealing the drugs, obviously it's in dangerous. You know, it, it, it must be in the wrong place and dealing, like, meeting the wrong people. If your child is in danger, obviously, you know, you can't, it means that parents cannot take care of it, you know, mm. the child. It's as simple as that, because if you will let your child play outside, you know, on the river or something, they will, they will tell you, they will tell you, oh, you can't actually take care of your child, you know, because you're putting it in danger. Mm-hmm. So we'll take it away. It, but it is quite, it is quite tragic to think of a nine-year-old, you know, know exactly. with a half a kilo of heroin in his pocket, moving it from place yeah. to place. So obviously... Isn't the child dangerous in this way? Like, you, well, absolutely. Who, who, did the, who, did the, who did the child meet before and where is he going to? With the criminals, obviously. Mm-hmm. So his life is in danger. So the penalties, I think, not really, because it's, it's the only way, you know, that only means that the parents cannot take care of the child. You know? But here's the problem, Martin, and I, I don't completely disagree with you, because in the UK and other countries, they're very quick to do it, exactly what you're mm-hmm. suggesting. But if social services or TUSLA you know, move in there and remove, say, an eight or a nine-year-old from parents because they believe they're bad parents and they're not looking after the child properly. The child is then destined to a life of being moved from foster home to foster home, in and out of education and different schools, which invariably is going to cause the child problems in the future anyway. So one one situation may be as bad as the other. Is it though? Like, you know, as I say, here is directly, you know, it, it is, Dealing with the wrong people and the child is in the wrong place, definitely. Oh no, no, there was no, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, but, but what you're suggesting is moving him from one wrong people or one wrong place to another wrong yeah, place. I mean, this is the institutions not supposed, like supposed to. I know, I know, they are not not perfect, but it's supposed to be people that are, you know, working there and qualified for working with kids. You know, obviously mm. the institution is right. Yeah, that's that, that's right, but. In here, directly, the child is in danger. Like the, the child's life is in danger, you know. So, in the other situation, when you put when when the, ch- the child is in danger, they know they try to protect the child. It's most but mostly about protection the child, really. And what do you say to a parent who says, "Oh, well, look, you know, my eleven-year-old or twelve-year-old, I, I don't know where he is during the day. You know, it's not fair to blame me. I, I thought he wasn't up. To, you know, I thought little Johnny or Mary wasn't yeah. up to much. You know, harm when they were out. I didn't realize they were dealing in drugs." Do you accept so, that? Is that what I say? So that means you cannot handle a child. <laughs> no, okay. So you're a bad parent. <laughs> I don't think a good parent, you know, if, if you don't know where your 10 years old is. Okay, well, stay there a second, Martin, because I want to go to Agnes as well. Just stay with me, Martin. Agnes, mm-hmm. you're an Ireland's classic guest. Now, Agnes, you're a great granny. I am, yes. Okay. I am indeed. You don't sound, you you don't sound like a great granny, can I just point out? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. But, but you, your argument is that sometimes parents can't control children. 
No, but my argument is parents aren't allowed to control their children. Oh, okay. If, if you go to any social worker, go to Tuesday, go to anybody that's in authority as such, and they'll tell you, you're not allowed to chastise your children, you're not allowed to slap your children, you're not allowed to put your children on the bus step, you're not allowed to send your children to the bedroom because you're isolating them, and that's bad for them. So please tell me what's left for a parent to do in order to parent their children. It's a fair point to some degree, yes. Just, uh, gentlemen, I I only heard at the beginning of the Martin, Martin. Yeah, Martin. Um, I think that is a brilliant idea. Take all the children from the parents that can't control them, put them into state schools, and I would love, I would absolutely love to see what the government would introduce, put into place in order to parent those children. What would the government think is okay to do? When you have a child of six, seven, eight, telling you, uh, you're not allowed to do that. Um, I, I know, I can tell. I, I, I'll tell the guards. I ring Childline. Like, you know, you're not well, allowed well, well, to Well, we, we, we had a great example going back 40, 50 years ago of how the state, uh, you know, handled people who were institutionalised in this country. So we're well, used to, we're well used to how they failed miserably to deal with institutional, mm-hmm. uh, institutionalised children. But, but in saying that, Agnes... I do understand the point that Martin is making. Now, I disagreed on the point that I believe that sometimes you can take a child from one situation and put them into an even worse situation because as what we do in this country is we tend not to institutionalise anymore. We tend to put children into foster care. So they get moved from foster care to foster care yeah, to foster what care. Are the, what are the foster parents supposed to do? Well, I suppose they're, back, they're, they're, they're in the same situation, aren't they? They're not allowed to isolate them. They're not allowed to chastise them. They're but, not but, allowed but hang to on. Well, no, Agnes, to, to, to a degree, I understand what you're saying. And I do believe that a lot of control has been taken away from parents in relation to raising their children. And there's a way of disciplining a child, obviously, without beating the child's health. So I understand that, too. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but in saying that, there's a lot of good parents in Ireland. There's a lot of... There's 99% of kids don't deal in drugs. Um, but sadly, some do. So, and they all live by the same rules. So, so mm-hmm. obviously, as Martin has said already, if your 10 or 11-year-old or 12-year-old is outside, you know, and he has a bag of cannabis in his pocket and he's moving it from place to place for a dealer because he's below the age of criminal responsibility, well, then, you know, you're a bad parent. You should know where the child is. If, if one of my children were doing that, they would be locked in their bedroom until the cannabis went out of date. <laughs> and they could send for anybody that they wanted to to have me put wherever they want to put me because I wouldn't allow one of my children to do that. But I'm one of the few people that maybe will be strong enough to do that. And no flat of parents nowadays aren't strong enough because they're afraid to upset the system. They're afraid to call the guards on them. They're afraid to get truthfully involved. They're afraid to get social workers involved because if you try to do anything for your child, you're punished. Martin, it's a fair point. We had a referendum here going back about four years ago on you know a children's referendum where people voted yes to allow the state to take control of their children. Essentially, yeah. uh, I voted no on that particular referendum because I thought it gave the state too much control. But but in saying that, you know, Agnes makes a point that we've got to a point in society now where you can't say boo to a child. So parents are losing the control they had before to discipline their children. Yes, that's that, that's that's true as well. You know, but uh, as I say, it, 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 like. 12, yeah, 12, 13, it might be too late, you know, it starts to be, the child starts to be teenager, kind of, you know, in this way. But when we're talking about 9, 10 years old child, come on, it's still a child, you know, and, and I, 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 I believe really as a parent, we, we do have a control of the, over that, you know. Mm-hmm. In this, have, you, have you got children yourself, Martin? I do, I do, I do have a 14 years old and, and eight, you know, so... Okay, so the 14-year-old is starting to get a little bit rebellious. They tend to get exactly, a bit re- re- rebellious. Yeah, it would be if he was 
more wild, you know, on the on the on the street or kind of. I know it would be harder. And would you would you ever ground? Do you ground the fourteen year old in particular? Would you ground him or her? Would you would you ground them every now and again? You can do this way, you know, just cut off the Wi-Fi probably at the games and things like that. That's true. You can't really, you don't really have too much of a control, you know. Oh, okay. So so this is the point Agnes is making. There's little the end of a lot of Agnes to do it. Cut them off from from things. That's all you can do, really. Yeah. So Agnes, do you disagree, by the way, with the legislation that was brought in three or four years ago that prohibited you from smacking your child on the bottom? And I do. I do. Now, I don't believe in beating children. Don't get me wrong. I think that is gross. I think it's horrible. But a slap on the back of the hand or on the back of the leg is no harm. And let me tell you, in my opinion, in my opinion, a slap on the hand or a slap on the back of the leg or even on the bottom is far less damaging in all this psychological control that was going on and you're not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do that and all of this has done more damage to children nowadays than a small slap that you might have got when you were a child yourself. I know that I, I, I was slapped several times. Yeah, well, I, 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 got, I got the odd slap every now and again, yeah. yeah. It hasn't done me any harm. But I think that's what's wrong with children today. They have very little respect. They have no fear of anybody. They have no fear of their parents. They have no fear of the guards. They have no fear of the, they have no fear of the doctor. They tell the doctor to take a hike as quick as the look at them. Do you know what I mean? So they have, they have no, no fear of authority. No, no, none whatsoever. So they, a, a lot of children nowadays that I'm aware of, um, will just paddle the wrong canoe and they don't care. Like you know, they don't care about the consequences. And and I think it's so sad because those children are going to grow up. They are going to have problems in years to come. Their children are going to have problems in years to come. And it's all because but it's, yeah, but it, but, it, but, but it, absolutely, but it's not affecting every parent. And it seems to disproportionately affect children in working class areas or areas that would be considered to be socially deprived. So poverty plays a role in it too, doesn't it? A huge role, a huge role. I would believe that, yes, a huge role. That if, if parents are lucky enough to have a job and trying to pay mortgage and pay, like just because you have a job and a mortgage doesn't mean that you're well off no of like, course you know, not you're probably like, you're probably be worse off if you have a mortgage yeah. yeah exactly and both parents have to work in order to maintain the lifestyle that they're trying to provide for their children and something suffers along the way if you have a parent that's in a position to stay at home and look after the child be there for the child 24 7 you have a better chance with those children do you think the mod- okay? Well, then then we're moving into a slightly different area where we're essentially saying the modern world, where both mom and dad are possibly working, um, is not conducive to raising a child properly. That's essentially what you're saying to me. Yes, and I believe that. I think one or other of the parents should be at home looking after the children all the time until they reach an age where you've given them the good values in life that they know right from wrong, that they have manners, they have respect. And I think that is so important. I, th- I don't care who you are or what you have. If you don't have manners and you don't have respect, you have nothing. Martin, would you agree with that? That, that? You know, the kind of modern world that we live in now, where, you know, both mom and dad are working. At a time, of, I suppose, in Ireland, going back many years ago, um, it would have been the man that would have been working and women didn't really have careers. And by the way, I, I certainly wouldn't suggest that it should be always women stay at home. But in saying that, Martin, do you think this modern world or modern way of thinking that we're so materialistic, we need more money for all the things we want in life, and there's no parent at home with a child, is that having a devastating effect on society? I suppose... I suppose it is, you know, but I was just thinking as well, you know, now, but what, what, what is happening, you know, many of these cases that the kids are actually involved with the, the, the things, you know, with this behavior, 
is the parents are aware of that, you know, and they are using them for doing that. Well, I know, yeah. Know, or the parents because, are on drugs themselves, possibly, yeah. Exactly, because they know they, 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 there's no uh, consequence, you know, there's no actual, you know, what can happen, you know, well, just, he's the only a child, but the parents know about these things, you know. Okay, well, stay there for a second. I want to go to Neve as well. Stay there, Agnes, please. Uh, Neve, you're an Ireland's okay. classic kids. How you doing, Neve? Hiya, how are you? Good. Neve, is it a good idea? Well, I started off by asking, should parents be fined if, you know, their young children are misbehaving or dealing in drugs or whatever it happens to be? Should they be fined? No, I don't think so. Um, because I just, it, it gives me a headache thinking about it. <laughs> There's so many dysfunctional families and you don't know what's going on in the home. And say, for instance, if it's abuse and the parents are at each other, one of them is the abuser, um, you know, it's very, they're not going to come together and help the child, you know what I mean? Mm. So the child has nowhere the to go. The child is an inconvenience to them, essentially. It's, well, the child has nowhere to go because the child or the kids, whatever, they don't know who to listen to when they're, they're bad-mouthing each other, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So in, that's in the case of abuse. But there's so many, and I agree with that lady about, um, I do agree that one parent should be home. And I know that's nearly impossible nowadays. But I do agree with that, um... Have well, I, I don't think it's impossible. I, th- I think we've created a world that's more expensive nowadays. You know, yeah, you... definitely. And I know there are people who could cut back and live um, without all those luxuries. Right? And I, it'd probably be very hard. But they, I don't think in every case it can be done. You know what I mean? If you want to get a home and all, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no. Um, well, well, it can be. I mean, you don't need two holidays. You don't need two cars. You don't need to have the best internet. You don't need all the, yeah, the movie channels yeah. and everything else on Sky. A lot of the stuff that we have or the things that we want, you don't necessarily need. And if people cut back, I suppose, they could probably afford to, some people, to have uh, one parent at home. I, I don't disagree with Agnes on that. Yeah, yeah. But I heard that uh, somebody, was it yesterday, saying about the, the the price of the clothes they're wearing and all. Was that on the show? Yeah, I can't remember now. It probably but, um, was. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I believe now that parents are losing the control of kids and control I mean you know what I mean mm. Not, you know what I mean just to give them manners and teach them I think kids are controlling things now I do and it's horrible yeah, yeah the, the kids have more control than the parents actually have but, but in saying that again as I said to Agnes it's not every child it's not every parent um, you know some parents are very good some children are very good so why isn't it happening to everybody why is it only happening to certain ones which leads us to believe that some people are just not good parents yeah, well, that is true. Not everyone. I mean, you don't get a book on it, do you? No, you certainly don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly, it certainly never says anywhere in the book about your nine-year-old dealing in drugs. You know I what I mean? Why no? It's a crazy world out there. I, I wouldn't like to be doing it again, to be honest with you. No, neither would I. Neither would but I. But I definitely don't think finding the parents is right because, um, and I understand it's their responsibility, but sometimes they lose control and it's not always their fault, you know, depending on what's going well, on but, in but, the home. You know? but when you say it's not always their fault... If you have a 10-year-old and he's committing crimes or he's involved in stolen cars or drugs or whatever it is, um, why is that not your fault as a parent? I, I don't believe there's any excuse. Okay, let's say you're strung out of your head as a parent or you're in an abusive relationship. You still have a duty to the child. Well, that's a different case altogether, isn't it? They can't really take care of them if they can't look after themselves, yeah. So what should happen? Should the child be taken off them? Yeah, probably if it protects the child. I know that's horrible, but, and I don't like the idea of tools or anything like that. Never no. had any experience with them or anything like that. You just hear bad stories. Yep. But I think at the bottom line is the kids need to be taken off them if they can't do it themselves. Yeah. But mm. finding them, 
you know, it could work in some cases, but not in others, you know. They always if say they, if you hit people lost, where it hurts in the pocket, it helps, you know what I mean? I know, but if they've lost control over the child, like they're out dealing, you know what I mean, at 10 years of age, if they've lost control over that, you know, paying money towards it, they're just going to do it again, aren't they? You know? Is that a fair point, Agnes? You know, they're, they're, they're going to do it again anyway. I mean, the better way is just take the, the kids off them. I, I don't know, um, because as you said earlier on, okay, so the child is taken off the parents and put into foster care. Who says that the foster parents are better than the, the situation well, that they're in? Well, they're supposed I, to be, well, I, foster parents are meant to be vetted, aren't they? They are. I mean, and there's some great, they are some great foster parents, there but there's some pretty there bad ones too, yeah. yeah. I agree there with that. Parents. There'll have to be another I, idea, yeah. The, the, you see, the thing is, uh, you were saying there a moment ago about like how life is so expensive now and the best clothes, the best internet, the best um, contact with um, social media and all the rest of it, that children seem to think that they need all of this. But um, mm. actually, I think taking your child out for a walk, taking them to the park, taking them to, to the local woods, showing them nature in the local woods, children appreciate that time that you give them more than the... I, I think that's what Neve was referring to. I think it was Jay actually said that on the show yesterday that yeah. a children, a child would much prefer love from a parent than you know yeah. the latest you know mobile phone or whatever it is. Yeah. But but stay but stay there. Let me just. I want to bring Neve. Please stay with me. Uh, Neve, Neve doesn't believe finding will serve any purpose whatsoever. Really, uh, Kate, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How you doing, Kate? Hi, Niall. How are you? You believe the parents should be fined? hundred percent. And I don't agree with that. One parent should stay at home. If, but like I, I raised two children, but me and my ex-husband worked full time. My children knew that we were the parents. And if they'd done anything wrong, I, I wouldn't say they were afraid of us, but value, they knew the value of right from wrong. Yeah, well, they should, well, there should be some level of, or people often said, I used to say that I was afraid of my father, right? And people say, oh, that's not a good thing. But I love my father and I had a healthy fear exactly. of his authority. My mother is 86, Nile. I'm nearly 50. I'm still afraid of my mother if I don't do something <laughs> wrong. And, it's, and like, it's not that, you know, she goes to do it. But, like, I have that respect. Yes, of course. That but that's probably a better word, respect, yes. Yeah, respect. It's respect. And these days, there is just no... Like, I don't live in the city. I work in the city. I live in a small town. There is... And I wouldn't even call them children. They're barriers. Terrorising people. And... If you went to their parents, you just get the same abuse off them. Yeah, so it's thugs raising thugs, essentially. Exactly. It is. And, and I do get there is some really fantastic parents that kids have gone out of control. But they've, they've seen the kids getting out of control and didn't stop it before it went completely out of control. I, I, I've heard the argument before that, and I think it is probably a rare occasion where you will have great parents who might have four kids and three of them are brilliant and one turns out to be a tow rag, right? And yeah. that's usually not the parents' fault. That's, well, to some degree, it may be the people that the child is hanging around with or whatever it happens exactly. to be. I don't, know. I don't know. But generally speaking, I think they're few and far between. I think, you know, um, the, a child's behaviour is a direct reflection of how that child was raised. 100%. Yeah. Look, my youngest is 24. I... Still, if I thought he was doing that out of the way, we'll, we'll rein him in. 
Yeah. He even, he's got his own child now. Yeah, I'm the, I'm mean, the same. You know? And by the way, this thing about knowing where your child is, my my oldest is 25. I know exactly where he is right now. So, well, I'm the same. Yeah. But I mean, Neve, that's, that's a good point. And Kate believes that the only way to do that is nip it in the bud. And you know, okay, maybe there are people who might be on social welfare. They might be on a low paying job. They might be living in a working class area. Uh, they might be bad parents. I don't know. But the bottom line is if you hit somebody financially, they listen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I, I still don't believe, I don't believe in doing that, actually, because, like I said, I don't believe it'll solve anything. It'll just give the family more stress. Now, again, I'm talking about families that are having their own troubles. I'm not talking about good families. You know what I mean? That's different. I do, I understand what that lady's saying there. I do. Um, of course, there are exceptions where people can be out walking boats and have good kids. I know that. And they're doing a really good job. Fair play to them, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um... A lot of people can't do that, and I know. You know, I know people who can. Well, Agnes's Agnes's argument is that everybody, well, most people can if they cut back a little bit. Yeah. Can I ask me the question, Mike? Yeah, sorry, go go ahead, Agnes, yeah. Or Kate, sorry. Oh, was it Agnes? Sorry, is it Agnes? You said that. Sorry, go ahead, Agnes. I do apologize. Can I I ask me the question? Yeah, go ahead, yeah. She said she has a 24-year-old, and if the 24-year-old was going down the wrong road, she'd have a a word with them. So would I, even to my children and my grandchildren. Well, one of the ladies, I don't know which one it was. It's Kate, maybe. Kate, yes. But I'd like to ask that lady, if she had a 9-year-old, or if one of her grandchildren, she said her son had a a child, if Mm -hmm. that child was 9 years old, and behaving like that, what would she do? What would you do? Well, I'll tell you exactly what I would do. I would be noticing it before he even got to nine years of age, and I'd have no problem in taking that child away from his parents if they could not control him. Okay, so what would you do with the child? I would take the child. Okay, and what would you do to control that child? A child, a child will, if if a child is brought up correctly, they will listen to you. You take the time and you teach them right from wrong. Yeah. But if that child has gone to the stage in their life that they're not listening to their parents, why do you think they'd listen to you? Well, why would a child... You would never let a child get to that stage. That's what's happening in this country. That children are being... Because parents aren't allowed to parent. No, no, I'm sorry now. And I know you're saying about... Parents aren't allowed to do this. Parents aren't allowed to do that. She's got a bit... In fairness, Kate, she has a bit of a point. We have softened up. But you softened up, but like you still, if you 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 rear your children for respect, if they learn that from at home, you don't need to be beating your children. You don't need to be locking them in a room. When I was when I was that age, there was no nine year olds dealing in drugs. No, no. And I don't. And and, and I know the, the ladies were saying there about oh, I, you know, maybe she was lucky. Her and her partner had good jobs, and everything. I came. I didn't come from a very fancy place. Like, you know, we were working class people, but my parents taught us that you don't disrespect other people. You work hard for what you have. We've never, we've never been social welfare. We've never done, like now it's like, go have a baby and you'll get everything you need. It seems, you know, there's there's no respect anymore. Sorry? 
I said, that's not the same for everyone. I, I, okay, well, uh, ladies, do me a favour. I, I have to, I'm kind of gone a bit late for a break and I appreciate you, Agnes and Kate. If you want to stay there, both of you, you can. The number's 87 188 That's 087-188-0008. Agnes makes the point that maybe, you know, one parent should always be at home with the children. I'm just looking at some of the texts coming in. Somebody says, it's all right for your woman, Agnes. Oh, your woman, Agnes. It's all right for your woman, Agnes, to be promoting the idea of a parent uh, staying at home. But not everybody can afford to do that nowadays. Kate is the one who's right at this side of the debate. Uh, Agnes, do you want to defend that comment or defend yourself against that comment? Well, I, I think we all have a choice. Yes? And um, everybody... Do we really have a, a Do we really have a choice? Yes, I do believe so. I, I mean, if you choose to stay at home with your children, that means that that's an income you don't have to spend on your children. But sometimes you need that extra income to pay just the mortgage. When I was um, when I was wearing my family, I was unlucky enough to be left on my own with my two children. I kept three jobs, three part-time jobs down to pay the mortgage, to send the kids to school, and to do my best for them. And I did that. And I didn't have to beat my kids. Okay, well, well stay there for a second. Let me go to Karen as well. Stay there, please, as well, uh, if you can, Kate. Karen, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How are you doing, Karen? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. You're all for finding them as well. Um, well, maybe not finding them. I think that if I think that if your if your children step out, I think it needs to be something proper needs to be done. And everybody is saying it like, what are the parents doing that their ten year olds are doing this? So why not put the parents on a proper parenting course mm-hmm. and teach them and teach them that? Well, if they're not going to look after their kids, they're hardly going to turn up for a parenting course. I do, well, maybe well, that's then, just me well, thinking then, out loud. Then at that stage, if they don't turn up for if they don't turn up, then at that stage, their social welfare or their wages should be garnished. Is, is, there any, is, is there any excuse for a child of 10 or 11, you know, dealing in drugs? Is it an excuse for a parent to say, well, I'm actually a good parent. I don't know how this happened. I knew nothing about it. You can't be everywhere with them. Is that an excuse? You can't, you can't be everywhere with them. I mean, you're thinking a 10-year-old, you're thinking God knows. I mean, how, how would this happen? Like, how does it happen? But it does happen. I mean... Well, I know. I know when my children were 10, I... Well, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I, I have I have five children. Um, one is young; the rest are all in their twenties now. And of the like, of them, they're all they're all happy and they're all you know they're good yeah. at their jobs and they're all. And there was one, and it was only it was only when he went through a mental health thing this Christmas, and he turned around. And he said, "People were giving me weed at 11. Wow! And that was the first I heard of it. Nine years after it happened, I would consider myself a good parent. I support. So he was being offered weed at eleven years of age. At eleven years of age, I mean, when he said it to me, it's terrifying, I was isn't it? So angry. I was so angry because, you know, we've we've had a lot of issues with him throughout the years, and it was always like, you know, it was all put down to like he he's um he has ASD, and okay. it was always put down to that, and. You know, I, I knew he had, when he was 15 or 16, I knew he dabbled with it. And I was like, given that you have ASD, this is not a good road to go down. No, certainly not. It's going to make you paranoid and it's going to make you more It makes matter worse, yes, yeah. absolutely. And it was only, it was this Christmas then he had, he had, a, he had a nervous breakdown, it's the only way to put it. Like, he, he really I'm had so, a very I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry and to hear that. it all this. came out. No, but it all came out then. And, like, if you had told me five years ago, oh, your son was smoking weed at 11, I would have laughed into your face. You know, and yet it was. And I mean, it wasn't that I never kept an eye on him and I'm not putting the blame on his dad. Me and his dad share our time with him. And his dad thought he was playing with the neighbour's kids who were all also 10 and 11. I mean, I, I, I'm just curious about that. Case, what age did you say your children were again? Um, 26 and 24. Okay, you can remember back when they were 10 or 11 years of age. 
do you yeah. do you think you would have known? I mean, could you honestly say to me, I knew where they were all the time? Yeah, honestly, and I can. And my son, like between sixteen and eighteen, was a complete a nightmare. Is all I can describe him as. No, a bit and rebellious. Completely, and his company was what was a, a major factor. And I remember even at. 18 years of age, getting into my car one evening because I knew he was gone off with a particular person that I knew was up to no good and going down and dragging him and putting him into the car and bringing him home. Yeah, I think that has to be done every now and again, to be honest. It has to be done. Like, you, know, you have a child, they're your responsibility for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Listen, I have to take a break. Thank you very much indeed, by the way, Karen, uh, for your honesty and sharing that with us as well. Thanks, Kate and Agnes as well. I'm going to bring up that topic that Agnes brought up again at some point too in relation to a parent staying at home. A lot of people believe, uh, particularly maybe those with a slightly more older mindset, more traditional mindset, that it is always best for one parent to be at home with a child. Psychologists will tell you about that, that a parent should always stay at home for the formative years of a child's life. doesn't necessarily have to be a woman, by the way, although it tends to be women who choose that role. Uh, the number is 87 treble zero eight. We'll take one more, one or two more of your calls after the break. Rachel, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Rachel? Hi, Anand. How are you? Good. Um, thanks, thanks for having me on, because I'm, I'm quite frustrated listening to listeners. Um... I, just to give you a bit of background, I, I had a, I have uh, five children. Yeah. And my oldest, um, he was caught in that world of dealing drugs um, at eleven when we when we copped on. And we were both we we're both parents who there was always a parent at home. We worked back to back, so the kids always had one of us there, so they never missed out on anything. But we financially. We needed to for mortgage commitments. Yeah. Um, we, I befriended the guards. That's how, how I called the guards on my son when I found weed in my house. I squealed him out. I didn't care. I'm, I'm a very black and white person. You have drugs, you, you take responsibility for them. I don't have them in my house. I don't even smoke a cigarette myself, nor does my husband. I'm trying to, sorry, Rachel, I, just while you're talking, I'm trying to, in my head, contemplate an 11-year-old because we all know yeah. what 11-year-olds look like and how small they are and how immature they are, with weed yeah. in the house. Yeah, folded in the pocket of his jeans, his new jeans, nicely folded so Mammy wouldn't see them. Then, you know, one of those, you know the beds, the, the Osherman beds that yeah. you pull up? Yeah. He had cut out a section of the bed and there was there was um, a little slot underneath the bed for it. Yeah. He also used to hide it in the community centre in the bushes. So I'm thinking he's taken up to the football, you know, and I'm giving him the money for his subs going down to play football. I'm thinking, this is great. Not at all. He was going down to take the drugs that were left for him to stash out the trees. This all came to light, like, you know, when we started following him. But when I tell you, we done everything. I walked the streets. My husband walked the streets. It got so bad that, like, he opted to go into care because the, the, he, he, his, his friends told him, you know, friends. if you go into care, yeah, good you, word. Yeah, his friends, and I, my two fingers are, inverted commas are up, told him, you know, oh, well, um, if you go into care, you get, when you turn 18, you get, you get somewhere to live, you get a house, you get what, an apartment to live in. Yeah, we did, till he was 20, 19, 20. Um, 
But when I tell you the court system, the JLO system, it's not set up to support parents. Um, and I mean, that's me going okay. through it. Let me, go, um, let me just, I, if I can, sorry for interrupting you, but let me go back to yeah. when he was 11 again, if I can. Yeah. So the first time, you remember, I'm assuming, the first day you realised this was happening. I smelled, I smelled the weed in the bedroom. Okay. I could smell it. Okay, so that was that was my first inkling. So you, you said to him, Johnny, little Johnny or Mary or Paddy yeah. or whatever it was, you said to him, Come here for yeah. a second. What's this and where did it come from? Well what? he, he t- I said to him what's the smell in your room? Oh man, that's my brother's socks. We were we were we were teasing each other, that's his feet, blah 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 blah. And uh, no it's not. So my husband came in from work and I said, What's the smell in the bedroom? He said, That's weird and I said, Right. So we asked him again, he denied it. So we put the bedroom apart. I mean, we turned socks, jocks, everything inside out. Light bulbs, light shades. You know when you go on Google, Google's a wonder for where you can hide we stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. We went on Google that night, totally naive, and I said to you, we don't, we don't smoke. And that was it. Like, it, it, it was probably the toughest time in my life. Um, and did you, did you so find I, out I, where I, he got the drugs? Oh, yeah, there was, you know, local lads getting them to carry them and hold them because they wouldn't get into trouble. You know, they, well, if they told him something was black, it was black. And my husband and I were liars. We were only out to ruin good time Charlie. And it was, you know, he had all this money. And when I tell you my kids never wanted for anything, they didn't. They got their pocket money. We had our holidays. We had a nice home. Now, I wouldn't say we had, we were loaded, but we were comfortable. Yep. Um, and did you and did you ground him? Did you ground him? Did I ground him? him? I'm only short of sitting on his head. I I I tried all the things that all the the parents there that said that they would do. Believe me, I I tried it. Try and walk in the shoes of a parent that actually gives a toss. Because when we were called into the police station, loads of times, the first impression when when when, when you get to a police station and the sergeant is there and they have your little Johnny in a cell, they think that you're a parent who doesn't give a shit. So when you get there, you're spoken to like absolute crap. And you're like, hold on a minute. This is what I'm doing. I'm here. I want to be here. And we got Tusa involved. We got every service involved. Do you know we only got a social worker for him at 17? And only because I ran him up in court saying, you know, how can you lock him up when you're not supporting him properly, you're not supporting me, you're not helping me to help him. The more, the, the most support I got was from a parent support group, Niall. I went into a parent support group and I cried my eyes out of frustration, out of devastation. I felt like I was grieving. I was like, I don't know what to do here. And I sat in that room with so many other parents like me, all caring and all feeling like they were on the floor because they were not getting support. Now, I'm all for parents who don't give a shit to be penalised. But when you have parents that are walking the streets, you're, you're, you're phoning people, you're on top of everything. I find that if you're the kind of parent that cares, you get very little off the state. I mean, I mean I, your child does. I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm heartbroken listening to you because it's, it's a dreadful it's absolutely story. absolutely devastating. Oh, no, no, it's, absolutely. But I know there's parents all over the country listening to you right now. And you're com- trying to convince them. You're, you're doing yeah. a really job convincing me, by the way. I'm, I'm quite happy to listen to what you have to say. And I take on board everything that you said. And I genuinely believe you tried really hard. But they're listening around the country saying, he's 11. 
he had drugs yeah. when he was 11. Yeah. Surely yeah. there's something you could have you done more. That's what I, they're thinking. I walked him to the classroom. I picked him up from the classroom. I did the same in secondary school. Do you know what I did in secondary school with him? When, you know, the 40 minutes were up in the class? Mm-hmm. I went from class to class with him. Why? That's mad. Yes. Now, I'm telling you, I was like, he used to call me the Gestapo. So what, So then, if, if you were doing all... If you, if you were doing uh, that, Rachel, and it sounded yeah. like you were making every effort to stop this from happening, yeah. how was he still getting access to the drugs? He he would, you know, the little Johnnies in the classroom, the one or the, one or the two, um, it, it got so bad that he got... Um, at 17, he was addicted to benzos. Um, and wow. we'd, um, we had a family support worker um, who used to just be solely with him, would be up with him two or three times a week. He couldn't control them. And was taking he, him out of that, that school, was obviously, was... Okay, the individuals in that particular school or that class that he was in, yeah, obviously, were I bad influence. I changed schools. It didn't change. The, it didn't I was going to say, did you change either. schools? Yeah. I, come here, he went through three schools. And, ha- and, and how, and now, how was now, he academically? Academically, come here. He didn't miss a day. He ticked the boxes. He was an angel at school. Oh, absolutely. You would have never thought that he was, was, was going through what he was going through or doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, now he's in his 20s. So we have adult conversations now. Now he's in a job. He's self-employed. An absolute diamond. And he, 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 he'll tell you to this day, he says, Mom and Dad, he said, only four, you didn't give up and you kept kicking me and kicking me down the road. That was the deal. But till they're ready to give up and walk away, there's no support system and there's no support network in there. I mean, I sat on a stand in, in, course, in, in a court and I cried my heart out to a judge. And I said, I don't know what else I can do because I've done A, B and C. This is all the system has. Did what, he, what do I do? Did he end up with criminal convictions as well because of it? He has a criminal. He has a criminal. He has a criminal conviction. Never served any time for it. Okay. And um, it, it was a, a suspended, suspended sentence. sentence. Yeah. But I, I firmly believe, and that was, and, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but I firmly believe that that was because I sat in the stand that day and I spoke about what we were doing as a family. What I mean, it tore my wider family apart I mean my relationship with my parents my relationship with siblings because everybody was throwing their tuppence in and well, I'm sure it was tough like, on your own no. relationship with your own partner as well I mean, I mean my my husband and I didn't have a relationship we okay. do you know what it, do you know how it is right the best way to describe it was my happiness depended on him being happy and it's crazy, but it took that support. No, no, I know. I get, I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. And you for, know, and, and and for and his siblings, by I the way. In that room, sorry? For his siblings, the other four children that you have, that must yeah. have been heartbreaking. For them. Were they older or younger, by the way? They were younger. So he, he, he's my oldest. And okay. I think, you know, while he was going through this, and it's mad, I didn't realize this until I started that group, that, you know, my other children didn't have a mother or a father. We, we, we were trying, we were basically, there was mm. a dinner on the table where they in school, did they go to swimming lessons? Yes, they did. They didn't have us on an emotional level. Why? Because every ounce of energy was put into him. Zoned into where he was, what he was doing, 
who was who was going to the park that day, who was doing this. And, you know, as I said to you, the JLO system, that's a joke. Oh, it is a joke. I know Absolute yeah. joke. And, you know, they laugh at it. He used to laugh it's at It's a badge of honour. It's like a badge of like, honour for some of these. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you get? JLO, JLO, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it used to just do my head in. Yeah. I used to get to the point where I'd be like, will you just take him away and lock him up because I don't know what to do. Well, I know in the UK they got rid of the JLOs at one stage. I don't know where they brought them back again. And the reason they got rid of them was because some of these kids were actually trying to get them because it was almost like a badge of honour. I have two JLOs, I have three yeah. JLOs. Yeah. I've got more than you. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it's, and it's the same. And, you know, and it's mad. When, when I was in that group, the parents in that group were telling me, you know, when their little Johnnies and Marys, if they did get locked, some of them did, they got worse in prison. Absolutely, and they, yeah. they they got worse there and they said to me, you know, you need to make sure at all costs that he doesn't go in there if he's And I was gonna, I was just gonna say safe. that to you, Rachel, the best thing that you ever did was keep him out of jail yeah. because if he had gone into jail, I, he would have come yeah. out worse than he went in. Well, I'm telling you now, he he has an amazing job and he's 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 you know, none of this nonsense anymore. But he he will tell you himself, he said, Ma'am, there was no point in you ever doing anything. Because, you know what, he said, I, I love that life, I love the buzz, I love the trail, I love the laugh. And he had two parents at home 24-7. He had no, he, there was no huge financial worries, he weren't under any pressure. So I don't accept does that. He, does he regret you know, the misery? Parents. Does he regret the misery that he caused you? Oh yeah, 100%. Does he understand? Like, like... He, he, yes, yeah, he, he cries about it and he's ashamed. He's you know, he'll often say to me, oh God, like, if I even mentioned that about years ago and stress and how I felt, and he'd say, he'd say, like, oh, ma'am, I, I didn't realise how bad it was for you. And I'd say, no, you didn't. You didn't realise how bad it was for anybody. But to, to, to be so consumed and caught with that and the system not to support you to be that parent that you want to be and you should be really irates me. You know, I, I wanted I wanted to do all them things for my son. I wanted to make him right. I knocked on doors. I was at TD's doors. I, you know, uh, you know, we had a social worker eventually, but only because I had to actually go and look up the law and what he was entitled to. See, so I, ta- I, I, do, I tell you what, I take back what I said to some degree earlier on because I'm listening to you and you couldn't have done any more from what I can hear. No, no. And you know what? That's the only... But it's still, that's, I, that's in my not, mind, see, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of my kids and I'm thinking of your other four kids because I'm sure when you yeah. look at your other four kids, you probably think the same. If you didn't have him, for example, and I'm glad you do, but if you didn't have him and you just had the other four and you were listening to this radio show today, you'd probably be the same parent who would turn around and say, yeah. how did you not yeah. know your 11-year-old was doing drugs? Because you, you know what? They, they, they're very, very good at hiding it and if, they, if they're going to school, you get no reports home from the school and their masks and everything. You know, <laughs> it's very easy to throw stones at people when you walk that walk. Mm. Believe me. And, you know, I'm like, the joke, the ongoing joke in my family used to be, oh, I'll send you up to Angie Rachel, she put manners on you. Angie mm. Rachel couldn't even manage her own children, yeah. her own child. Yeah. Like, and, you know, it's gas what people saw on the outside versus what was on the inside. I wanted to die because I just, and when it got so bad that I went to the school and I said, they weren't even going to let me go from class to class. And I was like, no, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. So you were literally there to take him from class to class. Yeah. 
I went on the fourth minute I sat outside. Now, he hated me. I'm sure he did. Absolutely mm. hated me. But, you sure know it was what? embarrassing for he him, probably, yeah. It was, of course it was. Yeah. And I said, it's no more embarrassing for me to admit that my child is out there drug dealing. So you, you wind your neck in and just keep walking. And, you and know, what was he, what I, was he I, doing with the money that I, I'm assuming when he was dealing, you said he was in possession drugs at well, the age of the 11. runners, the runners and, you know, this, that was the other sign. There was a pair of runners one day crept into the house and I was like, where did they? Oh, my friend gave me them. His mom got the wrong size. And I went, his mom got the wrong size. So she's not bringing them back. You know, it's, 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 that's, that's the start of it. But when I tell you he had the best trainers, he had, he just didn't have 20 pairs of trainers. He didn't have 20 different jackets, you know. So it's... Well, I mean, I know, I know, Shin, I know Shin Famer's saying You know, they just want more. There's, one is never enough or some is never enough. It's always that. And the pressure that he put on in my house was unbelievable. Like, Can, can I ask you, by the way, without ca- casting any judgment on you, Rachel, yeah. but the area you lived in, would it have been more conducive to drug dealing? No, more than anywhere in, in, in Dublin. No, more than anywhere. Okay, okay, no, okay. Because we, we do know else. there's a bigger problem in some areas than there would be in others, and, that, and that's fair to say. I don't think that's no, unfair to say No, it's no that. more than any other area, and, you know, it, it, it's not for the want, it's not for the faint-hearted. I mean, uh, you know, you see, you can see people being drugs in all areas and all walks of life, but I do agree with you, some areas are more, you know, well, do me a favour, stay there, Rachel, for a second, because Aoife has just contacted us as well. Aoife, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. You had a similar situation, Aoife. Very similar, and it's like mirror image to what that girl's talking about. It's so frustration and the devastation that you see your child going through something like that, and there's no help out there for them. And like that lady said, like the way the people talk to you, the guards, and the, it's like you're scum of the earth. You're not, you, you know, I did never defend my son in front of the guards. I knew he was wrong in what he did, and I was fully supportive to the guards, you know. But so he was. Fi- your son was fifteen when he was dealing in yeah, drugs. Fifteen. He was fifteen, and you know we've seen the little telltale signs, like his lunch money. He wasn't taking lunch to school. He always was getting takeaways to the house and all. He wasn't getting money from us. He didn't need to get involved in what he got. He absolutely tore our family apart. And have you got other children as well? Yeah, he wasn't the oldest child either. He was the middle child. Okay, and everybody else turned out okay. So, so this Everyone goes else. back to the comment I made earlier on that it's it's not always bad parents, is what you're saying. No, it, and you know, like we have the, both of us have very very good jobs within the government itself, and we see, you know, the hardships that come mm. on families from drugs yeah. firsthand, and to think that your own child can be lured into this, and they are lured into it. They see the lifestyle, they see the fancy clothes, they see the watches, they see the cars. That's what they want. And they and they know, and they think the only way they're going to get that is to do what the the eighteen yeah. and nineteen year olds are doing in the and area. That, yeah, and it comes. There's consequences, and it comes at a price. There's massive consequences. Families are hurt. Families are living under threat. It, it's the bigger. What was it? If I could ask you the same questions I asked at Rachel earlier on, on the first day yeah. that you found out or found drugs on him, when he was fifteen at the time, was it was the yeah. first time you actually caught him? Yeah, yeah. And do yeah. you remember that and day? Like that, I do, and like that, I pulled his bedroom apart and he had cut out a piece under the mat- under the bed up into the mattress where he was hiding it and like that the smell the smell is absolutely disgusting it goes through the whole house 
So th- this idea of hiding them under the mattress in a cut-out piece, it's obviously something they've yeah. seen on YouTube or something like that. Or they've seen it somewhere. Like, yeah. It's the smell. They can't conceal the smell. No, you can't. It's no, it's very obvious. Yeah, of course it yeah, is. But, you know, and pulled him up on it or whatever. I'll never forget it. He got so argumentative that morning that I put him out myself because I had suspicions it was going on. I rang Tuesday to say that I put my own son out. I wasn't having it in my home. And they said, leave him. If he's not back by five o'clock, bring the guards. And that's what I did. And the guards picked him up and he had 250 euro in a wallet. And he said, to, in front of the guards, that's mine. I said, no, it's not. So this is money he was making dealing in drugs? Yeah. You it's must. You must have been. I, I mean, I, I know because I've I've three kids. It must have been heartbreaking for you. It must. It that is, must be heartbreaking. Have, you don't bring them up. There was no excuse for my child to get involved like that girl. He had, he went to school. He's the best of everything. He holidays. He he didn't need to get involved in this. So who do you think roped him into this? Is it was it peer pressure? Was there young fellas he was hanging around with? Was. No, oh. it was an older boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and, and initially I suppose it was just moving drugs from place to place and then he started selling it then, obviously. Selling bits of weed, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's now, my, now, my son loved the buzz of it. You know, he used to, he, and he'll tell you that now. It's a bit of a buzz, you know, the crack, the trill. We're mm. hiding it and not getting caught. And mm. I have this money in my wallet, but I don't know what to do yeah. with it. But it, he yeah. just loved the whole buzz part yeah. of it. That like wrecks my head. wasn't splashing cash or anything, you know, the takeaways are coming. Yeah. And I'd question where was the takeaways, where was this money coming from, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm keeping my school money. Like, Look, they give it away themselves. If you're clued in enough, you do, as a parent. You really, really do figure it out yourself. See, I'm blown but away here today because I'm, I'm listening to both of you and you both sound like you really care. You both sound like you did everything you're supposed to do as parents. Yeah. You both sound like good parents. And mm. I, maybe people, like, they can all have their own opinions, but I'm listening to the two of you talking. And I'm blown away by the fact that this can actually happen. But to happen. get the help for your but family that's, that's and what's your children is impossible yeah. in this country. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And locking it's them the support. And if you're going to bring a law in to penalise parents, Niall, you know, you need to make sure you're able, the, the, the law needs to be able to back up the parents you to can't make sure that everybody with the same brush. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah. And how is he now, Eva? Perfect, Grant, working away. Okay, how old is he now? Can I ask you? Twenty-two. Okay, but so... I never forget that. Like I was hearing that girl, and as you can, I'm choking up. That was my story, and it's just—it's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah, and it's because it's your child. Like it's you're your child. You're like you're everybody else. Oh, you're no good. You're this. You're that. It's not every parent is to blame. Yeah. Yeah. Not every parent is to blame. And you know, I, I'm thinking too here as well, that it's it's mo- mothers invariably, whether you're a yeah. single parent or whether you're not a single parent, yeah. who are left to pick up the pieces. Yeah. And the mother, like the fathers. Like, yeah. I'm not saying they're useless, the fathers. They do their best. No, my, my, my partner, you know, he was brilliant. And I was telling him, look, I suspect this. And he's, oh, you're overreacting. You're over, you're overthinking things. And when it came to the guard station that day, he fell down on his knees crying. I'm sorry I didn't believe yeah. you. Yeah. That's very similar. It's a mother's instinct. It's yeah. a mother's instinct. Yeah. And we'd make better detectives than any detectives out there. Mothers... If you care enough, you will go to the bitter end to help and support your child. Yeah. And, and just getting back to, sorry, Aoife, to what Rachel was saying and the piece that made you call in today was Rachel had said when she went to the Garda station, she was treated, she didn't believe she was treated well. She was yeah. treated like scum, essentially, because the guards, like the guards' attitude is you must be a bad parent. Yeah, they just see, oh, he must be trouble at home, he must be this or she must be that. That's not the way it always is. No. Nope. No. That's not the way I'm it sick. That used to make me physically sick. 
to be yeah. tarred with the one brush and I'm, I'm standing in front of him. Sometimes I would be in bed. When Tusla had him in, in care, he got out of the care home that Tusla had him in. And they couldn't, the, the support worker wouldn't, I couldn't leave the house because there was other children in it. So they rang my husband and I to go in to Mount Joy Police Station. I went into Mount Joy Police Station and when I tell you, looked me up and down. Yeah, mm. I fell out of bed in a pair of pyjamas, hair a mess. I didn't care. I jumped in the car. I didn't fix myself. Of course, yeah. I no, wanted your to be first there. instinct was to get to your child. Yes. You didn't care what you had My, my instinct was, what's gone on here? He's yeah. in the care yeah. of Tusla. They couldn't, they couldn't keep him under wraps. You know, if they couldn't, what hope had I got? And that's yeah. what I mean about the system that's there. You know, there's nothing to support there's parents nothing. that actually there's want absolutely to care. absolutely nothing. Nothing. They look down on you and it's like you're yeah. the same as the big boys out there that are doing it. No, we're not. And you know what? And if you, Bo- if both your children, Rachel and Aoife, bo- um, both your children now are working. Uh, they've yeah. put that in their past, yeah. thankfully. And they have you to thank for. Because I can tell you now, if they didn't have two good mothers like both of you, they'd probably be Mount Joy right now. Yeah, but now at the time, they despised us. They hated us. We were the worst mother yeah. in the world. They wanted us dead. You're, no- you're nobody to me. And those words, they'll always revolve in your head. All you ever wanted was the best for your child. Absolutely, yeah. That's all any of us ever want is, and I would go tooth and nail for my children, absolutely tooth and nail, but I won't defend lies either. If they're wrong, they're wrong, and they have to face the consequences. But being involved in drugs, the consequences that affect, the enormous effect that it has on the families, everything, like from grandparents, everything. What support systems, just just finally both of you, I'll ask both of you the same question and either one can answer, but what support systems could we put in place to help mothers and fathers, be it, um, you know, when they have an 11-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old who they find out is dealing in drugs? Because at the moment, all you have is your community liaison officer and they're fairly non-existent. Well, I know they do exist, but I, I think they're out the door busy because there is enough of them. Yeah, well, I think the support workers that we had came in too late. So mm. if you have if you have a more community support workers as opposed to JLO officers or something like yeah. this show them you know there's another way around because yeah. the guy that we had came in way too late for my son yeah. and I feel if he had in, come in earlier I definitely would have helped um, there's nothing when they're younger in terms of you know no. to, to get a, you go on a waiting list see the waiting list you may wait mm. because that's all it is yeah, yeah, and you have to wait. And the same with the same with a social worker. Like he didn't get a social worker. He wasn't being given a social worker only for I kicked up about it mm. and his rights. And, and like even then, he only gave him that because he was because he was to appease me because he was only he was only going to have it for a year. Yeah. And she did nothing because he turned eighteen, and that's the open the door and you're flung out. And then yeah. that's it as well. That's a big part of it. They turn eighteen. The door is opened and then they're put into look. homeless. They're on their own, of course. Yeah, they're, they could be homeless on the streets for all they care. But sorry, if you want to say something just quickly there, go ahead. Yeah, I just said, like, the way my, like, he actually was caught with a very small amount of weed and brought through the court for, and I see the amount that he was caught with compared to what other boys are being brought through the courts for, they really condemn on him for something so small. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely just rotted me. Absolutely. Well, when it comes to weed or cannabis, whatever it is, there's better ways to deal with a situation yeah. like that. It absolutely. absolutely rotted my heart the way he was treated. And you've boys out there with thousands 
and they wouldn't be treated the way my son was. Listen, ladies, it's it's been lovely talking to both of you, but it's certainly been eye-opening. Uh, and thankfully, both of you were wonderful mothers and your children turned out to be good, responsible adults in the end. And they have you to thank for it. Aoife and Rachel, listen, thank you very much indeed. Some of the messages, by the way, coming in on WhatsApp as well in relation to this topic. How are you, Niall? I'm just listening to that woman there. Uh, she's a great advocate of what a parent should be. Never give up on your children. And I think if her son wants to really pay back his parents, he should go into the schools and talk about what happened to him and teach the funeral generations that what can happen to you, where I ended up, and only for the love of me parents, I'd probably be in jail or dead. Congratulations to that woman. You're, you're a proud Irish parent, and we need more of you in this country, and your son. Tell him to get back into the schools and teach the kids. Cheers, Morris. Uh, Morris, it's not a bad suggestion. Maybe he might have an inkling to do that, to go into schools and talk about how he ended up being dragged into that world. That dark world. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 087 188 Um I've just I'll have to read out a message there, is it? Yeah. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll come back to it in a second. All right. Uh, so he says, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, for the sake of my kids and anybody recognising me, I wouldn't, but I appreciated the invite. Okay, sorry, I'll, I'll come back to it in a few minutes. All right. Um... I have two young adult children now and thankfully uh, we are coming out the other side uh, but not after enduring years of turmoil and despair. We went to the guards over our son and his drug taking from the age of 14 and were told uh, by the guard that we needed to send him off to a farm or something to do an honest day's work. Uh, That was one of the several visits. We put him into uh, counselling and after a few sessions we were told it was a house and he'd grow out, or uh, I'm assuming there is something else, and he'd grow out of it. He was on weed every single day. We tried all the grounding and confiscating. He climbed out windows. This lasted five years. Only in the last year has he started to settle, but we tried everything. Driving streets at four o'clock in the freezing conditions, looking for him, trying to force him into the car and... uh, Uh, towering over me him towering over me obviously he's quite tall Uh, we were at a family function one night and spotted a known drug dealer approach our son and his friends my husband went straight over and grabbed the dealer by the scruff of the neck and threw him aside and told him to stay away from them Uh, this guy was openly dealing on the premises uh, in the toilets kids have no fear because they have no consequences to fear I will never forget watching my husband a big strong man sit on a chair crying into his hands because he just didn't know what else to do I'm so glad to hear and I'll bring up this topic today. It's a very common problem. Hope you can read out my message. Uh, okay, yeah, well, and they didn't want to come on, obviously, sorry, because they didn't uh, want their voice recognised. I understand that. Uh, some people are okay with coming on and talking about these things and others just don't want to. Um, but look, it is shocking. I'm glad we brought it up. I, I'm surprised to hear some of the stories that I've heard today. It's quite shocking to listen to. And I know you're all thinking to yourself now, Jesus, maybe I should be searching my 12-year-old's son's rooms. And because, let's not be naive Drugs are a lot more common than you actually think. Um, it starts off at a young age with cannabis, then it moves on to class A drugs. And if they start making money out of it, it's easy money. They see it as a way to get everything they want. Let me go to John, because I, I can't stop the messages coming in in relation to the last topic that we did. Because, John, you're an Ireland's classic kid. Say you doing, John. John, How are you, you were that kid. I was, at one point in time. Okay. How old were you? Can you remember? I... I suppose I would have been 14 when it kind of, when I came to the attention of the law for the first time. Um, so that was when you were point, caught for the first time, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, no, it wasn't drugs related, but I decided to, and I give myself away here now, um, 
take my mother's brand new car for a joyride. Oh no! Yeah, back in two thousand and eight. Did you crash and, it? Did you crash it? Uh, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> but um, I was caught. Okay. Um, and, and what do the guards say when they pull over a fourteen-year-old who's clearly, obviously, too young to be driving a car? What do they, What do they say to you? Uh, I was mature enough looking now, so I kind of got the license and insurance. Uh, Feel and then I, I told him that I didn't have it, and he said, "Why?" I said, "I'm 14," and that was they, they took me up to the station then and called your parents. Called my parents. And it was the night of my uh, younger sister's christening. Oh God! So didn't go down too well. No, I wouldn't think so. I think they've better things to be doing than visiting a police station on a day like that. Yeah, um, that, but that was kind of a. It was a down, down, uh, kind of a tough point in my life. Okay. And we, but, uh, by the way, 14 years of age, first time ever in a Garda station, probably. Um, were you terrified? Were you frightened? Uh, I was a bowel jungle in general. Like, I, I had encounters with the guards before that. And where I grew up, you had to almost not to show everyone that you were, you were cool by not liking the guards. Okay. Okay, I get you. So... I suppose I put on the big man's show at the time. But yeah, I mean, I was more terrified of the reaction I was going to get. But <laughs> You'd be more afraid uh, of your parents than you were of the guards. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, my, it was my mother. Your uh, mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And by the way, that's not a bad thing that you have a bit of fear, you know, a respectful fear of your parents. But, okay, so that you, you got a lucky escape, I'm assuming, from that. You didn't get jailed or anything like that at 14 years of age, clearly. No, I got uh, a juvenile caution. Okay. So, yeah. And where did it go from there then? Did it go into drugs then? Did you get involved in drugs? I I, I I was friendly with a lot of people at that age who would have been involved in some way, shape or form. Okay. And now I was blessed to keep my head out of it because my local community guard was, and he would have come around to that. Yeah. And spent, he'd often spend time there talking with us and I, I kind of, I grew an appreciation for him in that I, I could see what he was trying to do. Did you realise how traumatic that was? If you listened to Rachel and Aoife before the break there, did you realise how traumatic that was for your mother and for your parents? And I, like, I, I, to this day, I, like, my mother raised me more or less on her own and with the help of her side of the family. Mm-hmm. And to the, like, I, I will forever feel guilty for the amount of trouble that I brought to her door. You're kind of almost ashamed of what you did in those, but clearly you are. Yeah, like, I mean, I thought, you know, at the time I didn't think any of it because I was a child and, you know, I didn't know any better. But now, yeah, I, I, I never be able to take it back, but I've, I've tried to make make it right, if you, if you get me. And have you got kids of your own now, by the way? Uh, no, I don't. I okay. Don't. Not, not yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. And I'm assuming you turned your life around and you're not involved today. That kind of carry on anymore. Uh, I actually went on to join the guard. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I have to say, no one better to be a guard than someone that understands the trouble that a young child can get into. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, like, I don't have any college degree. When I, I remember when I applied, I thought, that I would be outmatched by all these other applicants that had degrees and mm. you know, yeah, yeah, years spent in college. But I, I knew I had I knew I had the life experience to back it up. Of course, and you know what, you're a hundred percent right. 
I think that really qualifies you very well. You know, obviously, provided you've turned your life around and you're not doing it anymore. But it really qualifies you to be, you know, in the position you're in. The same way as I always say in relation to teachers, they obviously should be good at ac- academically themselves. You know, and the same, you know, for example, doing a talk show, you have to have life experience of being married, had kids, all those. So you can talk about those things. But the, yeah, same, yeah. the same with being a guard. I don't see any harm, you know, in having a bit of a troubled childhood, maybe. You know, so you have a better understanding of how young people get involved in crime in the first place. Yeah. Um, no, it wasn't without its difficulties. Like, I'm not actually in it anymore, if, if to, to give perspective on that. Yeah. But I, my, part, of my reasons, part of my reason for deciding to leave was that everything I was going to was a little bit too real and mm-hmm. almost too reminiscent of when I was a child. Yeah, and I was younger, and I could see the frustration on both sides. In that, the, the kids didn't see what they were doing, and the parents weren't getting the help that they needed. And I was supposed to be the one to give them that help, but there was very little to be offered. So you, and, so you like again what Eva and Rachel were saying that. When they went to the guards, and particularly Rachel, she went to the guards, say, with her 13-year-old or Aoife with her 15-year-old when he was picked up, you know, for having drugs or whatever it was. As soon as they walked into the guard station, there was a, it was almost judgmental. It was almost, oh, you must be scumbags if your kids are in here. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's true for every station, but I have seen it. Yeah. It, it, there's definitely that attitude mm. uh, that in this the, the opinion is formed before they've even spoken to the person. Yeah, um, and that's sad, isn't it? That we 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 would judge so quickly. You know what I mean? It's desperate now, but I think to give perspective from the other side as well, it, it's you, you. We only if you come to a station, you might think that you're you know you're one. You're 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 at that moment of time. You are the most. It's your obviously. Sorry, no. It's the most. No, I know. I I understand. I I understand the point you're going to make, and unfortunately, I have to go into a break. But John, I do understand the point you're trying to make. That from a guard's point of view, they're seeing so many people, so many young people with so many problems, and a lot of the time it is bad parents, but a lot of the time it's not. But but unfortunately, everybody gets put into the one category because you're so busy dealing with all of the other people as well. And I do I do get how that can happen. John, listen, thank you for your honesty, and I appreciate you coming on the air to talk to us. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.